Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. From Barangaroo Studios, this is the COB. Brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission. Good afternoon. This is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in markets. I'm Kyle Rodder with Danny Akiye, of course. Um, Danny, second day, it looks like we might be in the red. How are we looking now? Yeah, I'm getting the ASX 200 pretty much flat on the day, actually. Mm. Um, I think the SIBO's down a little bit more. Right. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it, we had a little bit of momentum at the start of the day, and then it just went steadily south after that. And uh, really, it tried to recover after the GDP and a bit of the China data, and then headed south again. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, well, there's an absence Look, of buys, one might say, out there at the moment. Looking a bit wan. Yes, down 0.32% there for the SIBO. And uh, well, we will get the final trade going through the market in about 10 minutes' time in the ASX. But for the time being, well, flat at best, if not slightly lower. But um, let's push on, look at some of the uh, th- well themes that are driving the mm-hmm. markets right now. And well, first and foremost, the uh, Governor, Governor Lowe, was speaking mm. today. And uh, well, that narrow path that we're trying to traverse, it's also a bumpy, bumpy path. We were told as well. So we're getting a real picture being painted by the governor here. Um, and well, it's probably not a good one. Yeah, I listened to Question Time. I thought it was really interesting because he has um, he's, he's cited a whole lot of things in terms of housing prices, obviously the Fair Work Commission, the inflation rate, but also to what he sees as in inflation being sticky overseas. And I really sensed um, a panic is the wrong word, but just... I am not going to be that governor that embeds inflation into the Australian economy. And I think he went to some lengths to say, we need to do this, we need to do it now, and we're going to be data dependent going forward. Yeah, sort of playing a little bit more tough guy now, yeah, I suppose. Absolutely. And, well, there is that argument through that he might be kind of close to the uh, end of his tenure. So perhaps doesn't want to be known as that guy that let the genie out of the bottle, um, a la you know, the Arthur Burns analogy that everyone seems, seems to pull up. But yeah. um, Growth slows. That was an interesting one as well uh, with the GDP figures. Not that market moving, obviously. It's backward looking, but uh, consumer uh, uh, sort of weakening just a little bit. Absolutely. Consumer discretionary spending in particular when you pick it apart. Um, Mm. Savings ratio as well. Yeah, down a lot. Yeah, so people are spending more of their income on just, well, really probably the necessities. It sort of seems to be implied. Absolutely, and it's only going to get worse because um, as we were discussing today with one of the the guests, in terms of your, the percentage of your income that's going to be allocated towards mortgage payments, rentals, which is 70% of domestic economies, well, it's getting up to that 30% level, which really means, you know, you just have to cut down on everything else. So Mm. I'm seeing comparisons in data to 2008 and 2011 popping up a lot. So, yeah, yeah well, were you, were you in uh, Australia in 2008? Certainly was. Yeah. Yes. I was, was in high school. 
Anyway, China trade. Let's um, talk about that very briefly because that was also weaker than expected. And yep. that's often a bit of a kind exports of were exports weaker. down seven and a half percent. Yeah, I think um, I think imports were down marginally, but I think the not as bad as expected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and and much less than exports mm. too. So yeah. um, the the, the uh, U.S. dollar uh, figure was I think sixty five billion. Uh, the expectations was for about 95. So Correct. a pretty significant drop. Um, and again, that's sort of more the a... trade surplus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an indicator of weaker growth conditions yeah. more broadly, uh, China being the you know, factory of the world, as the, as the cliche goes. So that was also fairly negative. Might uh, set up an interesting tone for global, um, for, for, for the European open, of course. Uh, let's quickly just crisscross a few sectors, though, shall yeah. we? Because uh, the retailers bounced today. They did. Um, mostly, uh, well, led by the likes of JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman. They were off pretty considerably yesterday, more than 2% as far yeah. as consumer discretionary. So that, I've got Lottery Corp here, went mm. for a bit of a run as well. That's up about 1.4%. Interesting, okay. Yeah. And um, IDP, interesting, that's in discum- dis- discretionary, consumer discretionary. Yeah, crawling its way back. Let's go, baby. Um, but uh, ASX, uh, all tech now, um, also seeing a little bit of a rebound. Um, on zero, back about $112 uh, per share. YSEC Global, not quite reclaiming that record highs, but it's still hovering around those levels. I think it was above 77 actually the other day. You yeah, probably know just, better than me. I'm just trying to have a look. Yeah. Well, yeah. um, a bit of a tech theme looking, there. Looking pretty much up there. Yeah, thereabouts. Yeah, looking yeah, pretty slightly, solid. Yeah, slightly, slightly um, below the 52-week high of 77 spot 4.6. There you go. Uh, and energy, last but not least, in terms of the sectors that we are looking at today and uh, broadly weaker, um, beach energy as well. That story there was actually related to... Um, an exploration project that it has in Western Australia, if I'm not mistaken, um, wasn't able to find what they were looking for. And I'm not trying to quote you two there. That was just, you know, obviously their job. But yep. looking for, for, for uh, I guess, gas reserve or, or, uh, or what have you and, and wasn't successful. So I think investors weren't too pleased about that. So that's some of the uh, corporate news, the sectors. Uh, sorry, more corporate news today. Viva Energy as well uh, flagged a loss of up to $35 million uh, per month following a contract crane accident. Ooh, and don't that damage machine. No, certainly not. So no. that was some of the big corporate news today. It was a little bit light on the corporate front, but the big one was... Um, Polynovo. Polynovo, yeah. It, was, it flew today. It was up, I think, 16% by the end of the session. Wow, yeah. It did have a really good run with some very good sales numbers there. But I think... Are we going to go to stock of the day? I think we will. We actually had uh, Carl Kaplingua from Think Markets as well as Michael Wayne from Medallion Financial. They were with Andrew today talking about, well, the investment case for Polynova. You like growth and the market does like growth, then it's one you could look at. So I like the business. Um, I like the valuation. I think the valuation is reasonable for the growth that's in the business. And then the third place I go is the is to the chart. And I say, well, if I if I get the first two ticks, and the chart is showing a nice uptrend, which means that it's not just me that's seeing the benefit of owning this company. The rest of the market is then I'm happy to buy it. I'm not seeing. And that's where this one falls down. So we've still got short-term, long-term downtrends. The price action, predominantly lower peaks, lower troughs. We don't want to see those falling peaks and troughs. It means that there's more supply in the system than demand. And this could have been a case of sort of by the rumour as they were getting closer to launching uh, in all those uh, big geographic regions and selling the fact. The company is very good at keeping the market updated. Um, As an investor, it's somewhat difficult to decipher what's actually meaningful sometimes and what's just being put out there to generate interest. But every month at the moment, the sales momentum and sales growth numbers are very, very good. This month, it's it's breaching the $7 million level. Last month, it was breaching the $6 million level. So they're continually updating the market. And there's no doubt the momentum in those sales numbers is very strong, looking to become profitable in FY24. So even for your more 
risk averse investors, I'm not saying for your totally risk averse investors, but even for your more risk averse investors, it's sometimes good to see that pathway to profitability. Mm. Um, it is in touching distance. So for us at the moment, we're happy to hold it. We're not jumping up and, and buying it, um, but it is one that we have traded a lot in the past. Okay, happy to hold it there. Happy hold. Mind. Happy hold. And uh, Carl's just waiting for the, the crowd to, to catch on as well so he can play that momentum naturally as, as the way that he likes to play the markets. But um, well, let's get a third opinion on pulling over, shall we? And we'll do that with our guest, Mark Gardner from Macro Capital. Uh, Mark, um, pulling over, do, do, do you like it? Do you hold it? What's your view? Uh, we've held this a number of times over the last sort of eight, 12 to 18 months, um, probably more, more the last 12 months. Um, we essentially started buying in when David Williams, uh, the CEO, started buying uh, when it was around about a dollar uh, in the midst of all the turmoil this sort of this time last year. And um, and look, it's not one for the faint-hearted. Sixteen mm. up, sixteen percent. Look, it's not really that big of a move in the scheme of things, to be say, honest. It's come from um, like two two sixty-five. Yeah, so wow. it tends to um, it tends to follow a pretty solid pattern where. It's great on announcements, um, and it will have you know it will it can have significant rallies, and then once you know once the buzz fizzes out of out of the stock, and uh, you know it tend, it just tends to drift off on light volume. So um, it was one that we've been buying over the last couple of weeks. We've just got we we're much more of a defensive mindset, but obviously with. Um, the Nasdaq lingering in up here at the moment. We're just looking for those some you know some of these shorter term plays. Um, Polynavo is one that's been very good to us. We were we were out of it above two dollars, two dollars fifty, um, you know, earlier in the year, and we you know it's one of those ones where you don't want to catch the falling knife. So we've been happily um, sort of waiting back in uh, you know in in very small volume. It's not something you want to be trading or in you know. Well, a lot of our, uh, particularly our surgeon clients, will hold a core position in it always. But um, you know, for the rest of us mere mortals, we just sort of <laughs> we tend to be we tend to be a little bit in and out because uh, we're not probably as um, emotionally tied to the product. They um, they seem to have an extraordinarily high opinion of it, and um, and the company's been executing quite well. They sort of they were uh, ready to go basically pre-COVID. Um, and then their salespeople got locked out. Of, mm. um, so they've done all the hard work and, uh, and they got locked out of hospitals for about two and a half years. So, uh, and, and this is basically all of the, um, you know, as soon as their salespeople were allowed back into hospitals, um, you know, we've got, it's, gone, uh, it's gone gangbusters. And a seven million was a, was a record sales month. They're expanding into Asia, they're expanding and got really quick um, regulatory approval. Um, in some of the Asian countries and Europe as well. And they've got a new product out there that sort of expands their addressable market as well. But, but for a long term, from a long-term perspective, you know, I, I think this will be happily above three bucks in, you know, within the next 18 months or so. Um, they just need to keep shipping away and executing and, and expanding. So it's just not really that, you know, some of, some of those stocks out there at the moment outside the, um, the AI hype, um, if you're a growth stock, you, you really, and and you're you know you're going down that growth path and expanding and going into new markets. Is when you spend money, you tend to get a little bit punished. And um, and obviously you know they are they are converting at the moment. So um, so yeah, and there's sort of and another one in that space as well is that Neuron Pharmaceuticals. Um, I think a couple of hours ago or an hour or so ago, they got their first forty million dollar royalty payment on their. Um, on their um, debut drug, which is um, the trofinidide uh, for uh, Rett syndrome, which is the only oh, Tourette's, did you say? No, no, Rett syndrome. Rett's. It's a neurological disorder, oh, and right. um, 
And it's the only drug available on the market that treats it. So it's been a long path for them, but they've finally triggered their royalty payments, etc. Had a pretty significant spike and drifted off um, you know, back towards the bottom of the range in the last couple of days. But I think seeing that cash come in is going to really, um, you know, really give some investors some confidence. And uh, you know, there's, I think there's at least around about the 350 million mark in, in royalties coming in. Um, they hope to apply it to other uh, forms of neurological disorders. Um, and they've also got another um, another drug that they're developing, which has got a sort of long, unsexy serial number for a name. They haven't quite got the marketing department onto that one yet. But um, which is, if, if if they manage to commercialise, it's got a five times more address, uh, five times larger addressable market. So, yeah, so two you know two really good Australian um, you know, biotech companies that you know, really are not going to be um, they're not going to be affected by a recession, basically. So mm, mm. the um, Polynovo skin graft is is apparently best in class, um, according to the doctors I speak to. So there's, uh, there's, there generally has been talk that there is comparable um, products out there, but talking to the guys that use it, they say, you know, it is by far and away the best in the market. So, um, yeah, so they're not bad little plays. Would you, I was just having a look here, and uh, Neuron Pharmaceuticals has had, had quite a good run, whereas Polynova, as you said, um, you know, it went off a cliff and had a bit of a rally. Do you have mm. a preference at the moment? If I think Polynovo Poly has the tendency to go on a quick run, and we do have CPI, we do have FMC next week. I mean, you may get a, you may get a fairly nice little result out of Polynovo. Maybe one broker upgrades over the next few days. Even it, it is that kind of stock. So, um, yeah, we'll be, we'll probably um, if it gets if it gets a run on around up to around, to around the two dollar mark, and it's only midweek next week. Well, we'll probably definitely be looking at trimming some out because. Um, but we do like it long term. We like both long term, and they look. They're probably only one to two percent allocations to your portfolio. They're not, um, you know, they're not uh, Keystone Holdings overall. So, and they, you know, you do tend to get in these little littlest uh, companies. I mean, Neuron Pharmaceuticals, not little, it's over a billion, but the, um, mm. you, you do tend to get another opportunity when there's broader market weakness at certain stages. Let's shift to um, just the US market because you did talk about obviously what we've got going up, uh, coming up in the next week or so as far as re event risk. But, you know, a lot of the talk at the moment is the fact that, well, We've got this tech-led rally, a lot of that sort of AI-related. You know, the Nasdaq's probably slowed its upward momentum in the last few days, but I can tell you, me for one, very tempted just to, to short it on the, the fact that there's, you know, hype there around, you know, the, yeah. the, the kind of uh, AI theme. But, you that's know, great. how it? Well, that's exactly, I know, probably stupid as well. No, um, it's very sensible. Yeah, well, you go and tell, tell us your... Tell us all the other shorters that are being wiped I mean, out. <laughs> I look, I mean, I, I'm, I'm one of them, not wiped out necessarily, but... Um, Look, even the even the most optimistic um, growth forecasts for AI are around about um, you know around about the 3.7 trillion um, by 2030. So this rally in the last in well in these big seven um, mega caps is at 3.6 trillion. So we are we're basically there already, and and we haven't even started. The EU is really the only one the only ones who have started um, trying to tighten regulation around this. A lot of the applications being touted are, um, if you go back and look at historical examples, will will be absolutely nowhere near the time frame. Um, quite a lot. There's a there's a PwC report um, on it, and quite a few, at least half of that that they're saying that they might achieve um, by 2030, is realistically would have to have 
just zero regulation. So the market's already there overall. We've got um, all of those companies trading at um, you know, 20 month highs in PE, mm. and we're coming and we're coming into the broad like a, a looming recession, higher interest rates, etc. Um, I don't disagree with probably playing the AI thematic um, in those big fang stocks. Don't get me wrong, because they're they're very cashed up. They're going to be a lot safer leading into a recession because you know you definitely know they're going to survive, and it probably is a massive advantage to them being cashed up, being able to probably pick off you know the, the best in class developers mm, of, the, mm. of the AI technology. But I mean, you know, people are saying whether they've missed the boat. Well, the boat hasn't even been built yet. So <laughs> I, I think you, it's. It, I'm not saying I'm against uh, the investment thesis. I think that that 3.7 trillion will probably grow over over a period of time, but I, I even asked ChatGPT um, what the growth, ex- the addressable market expectations were, and they were on the low side at like 1.7 trillion, so half of what PwC was saying. So it it is a it is a um, a rally that is you know three standard deviations, which means it's about a quarter of a percent chance the last mm. month's rally um, of happening. Only eight times in the last 40 years has a rally of that extent happened. So it's it's basically no chance of happening again. So yeah, I'm pretty happy to be in SNAS at the moment, um, which is the short uh, Nasdaq ETF, um, mm-hmm. particularly as a hedge against um, against the broader market because I think a lot of the value stocks have fallen away because people have gone to you know mm-hmm. gone and rushed into their stocks. Yeah, and you're also one thing as well. You're getting over five to one leverage on most of the platforms in the US um, to hold those stocks. So you know that. That leverage game of musical chairs that when the music stops, you better hope you can find a bid or a mm, chair to, mm. to get back out again. So it, it could quite easily come back down a, a good, you know, the 10 or 12 percent that, it, you know, that it's basically rallied in the last five weeks. So because it's not, there's no, there is no Im- imminent revenue from any of this stuff. Mm. There is a lot of imminent costs, mm, mm, like mm. a lot of imminent costs. Mm. So there's, I think there's been, um, I think self, self-driving cars are a great example. 2013 was the first time they legalised a self-driving car. Mm. Ford's pumped billions and billions of dollars into it, as has just about every other car maker. We're still three years away mm-hmm, from, mm-hmm. Their, from a chance of self-driving cars being mm. allowed to be fully automated on the road. Mm. So I, I think, you know, whilst I agree with, I, I agree with the investment thesis long term, just not definitely not at these prices. It's very overhyped. Oh, indeed indeed I've just um, I know we have to wrap up but I'm just looking at an interesting chart here that uh, someone tweeted today and it's actually been the ETFs um, but individuals buying through mm. the whole way whereas if you look at institutional money flows from May 31 2022 to May 31 23 it's just gone off a cliff. They've been the ones getting murdered on the short side. Yeah exactly so, so it, it literally has been like all those younger investors probably by the dip by the dip have yeah. been really in there so it'll be interesting to see whether pretty they get. similar charts to some of the meme stocks yeah to be honest. <laughs> exactly. It's pretty, pretty, pretty frightening for how you know how big these companies are. So. Fantastic. Yeah. Mark, really appreciate your insights as you. always. Mark Garner, Macro Capital. Thanks for your time. Okay, well, let's get to the leaders in that guy, shall we?
Okay, let's kick off with the leaders. And I feel it's uh, Polynovo is probably still at the top of the pack. <laughs> it is. And indeed it is. It's up 15.6% for the session uh, in the end. Um, block up four and a half is the second there. That seems to be something of a crypto story too. Um, I've been digging in, into some of the uh, goss. It's, it's almost tabloid journalism, tabloid finance journalism around uh, CZ, the CEO, managing director of, of Binance and all the funny business. Well, because they're getting pinged, the block's going up. Well, no, it's a crypto play, but it's yeah. um, we had a sell off oh, in crypto see. and then it bounced yeah, yeah. a little bit. But it's oh, all the okay. speculation about all the naughty things that he could have been up to, client money, buying yachts, all sorts of uh, dodgy business. Anyway, there's right. uh, some typical day in crypto markets, basically. Lots of salacious things going on. IDP Education, let's go, baby. Up 3.75%, clawing its way back after, obviously, Absolutely. that significant sell-off we saw a couple, oh, it was last week, a week before, and who knows, tough Yeah, flies. probably well overdone. I would have thought so. Um, Reliance Worldwide 2 is down at 2.63%. Oh. Uh, sorry, up 2.63%. Sorry, it's uh, been uh, a long day. Uh, anyway, let's uh, have a look at the laggards now, see where we're sitting there. And uh, Beach Energy, to- uh, covered yeah. that off before, just in terms of, um, again, was looking for something, couldn't find it. Investors are, are disappointed about it. Um, AT Milk, though, I don't know if there's necessarily any news no, around that. but they probably. Did. They ran up yesterday, didn't they, yeah, on their announcement? They so. did, but less than from what they've sold off today. So, oh, I mean, it could be just, knows? you know, noise. Traders. But, uh, yes, exactly. Um, but down 4.2%. Uh, Korean Energy also off. Inzatech pivot down by 4%. Uh, Sandfire Resources too, off by 3.6%. Um, consumer discretionary rebounding yesterday, but still down over the last two days, especially yeah. as we're getting to these sort of consistent bad news stories around the Australian consumer and updates from obviously a variety of companies. Um, it's warning of uh, the outlook for their sales and uh, earnings going forward. Um, anything, I'm just trying to see if there's anything else that really jumps out there. It looks like the A6200 will uh, close no. down by about 0.16%, mind you, uh, just as, uh, as yep, we went 0.16%. Um, and really, yeah, just we had uh, buying in terms of, uh, let's just have a quick look in terms of the sectors that actually did manage to go up. And I think we've pretty much covered them. Yeah, uh, consumer discretionary, information technology, see, yep. utilities finding a bit of love. Telcos. Um, uh, healthcare, yeah. a bit defensive, we can call yeah. it that, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's the laggards there. Well, on to the small caps, of course. Um, what surprises are in what store there? Out of that, Novonics. That's uh, well, that's another health tech name, isn't it? Yep, I yep. think so. I don't follow remember. that one. No, yep. no, no, sorry. Too, too far down the list there, even for little old me. Appen. Appen continues to run. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, that you couldn't give that stock away. No. They have an issue, uh, raise some money, uh, attach the AI tag to it, and before you know it, it's off to the proverbial races. That's got another capital raise written all over it, doesn't it? It's like, <laughs> oh, geez, four bucks. Let's, let's take that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Paradigm Bio, Latin Resources. Um, let's go to the laggards of the small caps today anything we can get there baby bunting still down another nine percent that extends wow. it to about a 25 percent drop i think maybe a little bit at more least, than that at least over the last more. two days that was a brutal um, downgrade, downgrade absolutely that's half, and half that is correct gone. pacific edge is down i've got it down 73 percent here i don't know what happened there um yeah, yeah. cut in half no nothing nothing you can see on the news no. yeah no medicare coverage of CX bladder expected to cease. So yes, that doesn't look like a good outcome for that company if Medicare is going to stop covering their product. Yeah, a cancer diagnostics company. And Adairs, look at that, Adairs. Mm. I think 
there's some problems. I think people are concerned about their debt covenants. Right. So, of course, now you're going to start to see with some of these companies, no. if they go into this cycle with too much debt, what is going to happen? Because interest. No mm, I was going to say, no one's had to talk about interest rate coverage ratios for a really long time. But businesses I know. have to relearn the concept, right? Exactly. They're one of my favorites. As a ratio? Well, just generally, I, yeah. I love, you know, giving companies a hard time when they get themselves in a pickle over debt. Especially to zombies. Goes back to Goodman Field or Watty when they were taking over ranks over McDougall. But that's another story <laughs> for another day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, get, we'll leave that for another day, shall we? Um, let's quickly just uh, see what's going to be on tomorrow or tonight at the very least. Uh, well, I know Nadine Blaney uh, will be setting her alarm for, well, perhaps midnight tonight when the Bank of Canada decides policy. Um, a little bit of a, an RBA story here, similar to an RBA story. Not expecting a move, but... Um, the house prices have also been firm, which I know has been upsetting some of the economists over there and possibly yeah. the Bank of Canada as well. Yeah, so a possibility it could hike again, US credit entries as well, is um, just something to keep an eye on, uh, especially after Absolutely. that open meeting on the weekend. I reckon that's, uh, that's it for probably the day. enough of us for now. Um, it was said that before, the uh, ASX 200 is off by 0.16% for yep. the session. The CBO was down uh, about 03 uh, Another negative day, but, um, well, what can you say? With all this interest rate volatility uncertainty, um, yep. can't, can't blame the markets for being a bit edgy. No, absolutely. All so right. that's, we'll, us. that's it for us. Yeah, we'll keep trying to walk that narrow path. Walk the line, as, as, as a wise man once said. But um, remember, you can catch up. <laughs> on the news and interviews on our website and app. Otherwise, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Bye. The COB is brought to you by eToro. Invest in ASX shares with $0 commission.